0: So we are in our final two weeks of studying Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And we have looked each week at how our world offers to us so many incredibly attractive, glittery things. Our world says you can have enemies and it's actually okay to hate them. Our world says store up for yourselves as many treasures as you possibly can on earth. Our world says that, oh, there might be something you see that belongs to someone else, and, and you can lust for it and take it. You see, the enemy of God has great plans to, to try to, to attract these things to us. And all along, Jesus has been pushing us to consider all that glitters is not gold. And today, we are going to look at the most quoted scripture in all of the world, whether you are Christian or not. The golden rule. I have three sisters, two of whom are very close in age to me. And, and we had a rule in our house. It was called, do to others as they do to you. <laughs> my sister hit me, I hit her harder. My sister wore my new shirt to school without me knowing about it, but without my permission, I, as soon as she got some new clothes, was gonna steal them out of her closet and wear them before she got to wear them. It was tit for tat. We had this mental scorecard. Well, this attitude didn't work for sports, it didn't work so well. If someone made a bad play, it was up to the rest of the team to help recover from the play. If I was to do unto others as they did to me, then, then we all would fail. Yesterday, our family went to see Texas A&M play the University of Georgia in men's basketball. We were excited to watch University of Georgia. There's the star player they have on their their team. His name's Anthony Edwards. I don't know if you followed this kid, but he's gonna be a top draft pick for the NBA. We are fired up and we are favored to win. And and y'all, it was like he had cement on his feet he was the last down the court. He never went into the paint. They kept passing it to him outside the three-point line, and he kept missing, it. and finally the coach took him out. We, thank the Lord. So I'm texting my, we're texting our friends, and we're like, you said this Edwards guy was supposed to be so good, and he, he writes back and says, oh, he, he has the flu. That's why. Well, it was up to the rest of the team. They were gonna have to step up. Well, let's just say, The Aggies stepped up more. (laughs) You can whoop. It's fine. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. What does this mean? What does this mean for you? Does it mean this? Quality, uncompromising, unchanging. It's our golden rule. And apparently, others agree. That's the golden rule. I don't know if that's what Jesus meant. I don't, I certainly don't think Jesus meant that it was being number one. Or is it more like this? It would be great if human beings were great at being human. And if all of mankind were made up of kind women and kind men. It would be wonderful if common knowledge was knowledge commonly known, and if the light from being enlightened into every heart was shown. It would be glorious if neighbors were neighborly, and indifference, a forgotten word. It would be awesome if we shared everything, and being greedy was absurd. It would be spectacular if the golden rule was golden to every man. And the good things that we ever did was everything that we can. Treating others like we'd like to be treated has always been our guiding principle. Did you hear what she said? Treat others like we want to be treated. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, this is so, so familiar. Help us not to be comfortable with it. God, we came to worship today to experience you, to experience the holy. We have been led in beautiful music. We have been led by our children, our students. We have heard good words already. We have seen familiar faces. God, it is a good day. But we came and we desire to be transformed this day. So, holy God, may it be only your word that does this. In Christ's name, amen. We continue, Matthew 7. Verse 12, in everything, in everything, do to them, do to others as you would have it done to you. For this is the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction and there are many who find it. For the gate is narrow, and the road is hard that leads to life. And there are a few who find it. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. The golden rule, we don't know exactly how it got that name. Some historians believe that it came from the third century Roman emperor, Alexander Severus, who thought it was such an important aphorism for his life and for the kingdom at that time that he had it laid in gold and hung on a wall in his chamber. Is it something that you would put into gold and hang on a wall in your house? Is it the rule that your family lives by or the rule that your family of origin had you live by? I really like it, but I like it I like it to read a little different sometimes. I like it like this. Do to others what you would have them do to you if it fits in my schedule. Do to others what, it, I would ha- what you would have them do to you when they deserve it. Do to others what you would have them do to you if it will benefit me some way in the future. Do to others what you would have them do to you if it feels right in the moment. You know, we can change these words. It's so easy to justify them or to put a little addendum on to the end. But it's so important, and I hope you know, at the Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church, we're not gonna pull out one verse and just read it. We're gonna read it within the context. And you see, this is in the context of the Sermon on the Mount. And Jesus, we know, has been pushing way up against any type of legalism. It's not gonna be just about a rule and then following a rule. He says that he has come to abolish that, that this is about a way of living. Up to this point, Jesus has continued to ask us to consider what are the intentions of our hearts? Do we have hatred within us? Are we lusting for other things? Are we storing up treasures? And Jesus has just told his disciples, hey listen, before you, you look at the speck in your brother or sister's eyes, you have a log in your own. Make sure you remove that first. And all of these things, have you been like me and think, what's the measuring rod? Like, what is that marker that I can toe up right against, and then maybe that's too much? So it's like, how's too, what's too much hatred? What's, what's greed that's like, okay? Is there storing up that's, you know, safe and reasonable? And then I think after all these, it can appear, we can walk home and and we can think, we can go home and say, there's just too many rules. It's too difficult to stay on top of it. And, And I'm gonna break them, at least a few of them, right? Jesus has set the bar so very high. First, in this golden rule, he starts with one of the things in the English language that I struggle so much with. It's a superlative. He says, in everything there's no limits we don't get to just choose to do this in certain seasons you know like thanksgiving and christmas when everybody kind of acts nicer and we don't get to say which people are on the inside or outside of this rule no jesus is really clear in everything all people all circumstances all times of our lives whether we feel like it or not in everything and then next it's a do word it's an action word Jesus doesn't say in everything think. In everything feel. In everything do. Jesus has already addressed in the new, in the Sermon on the Mount. He's already addressed how dangerous it is for us to think in certain ways it literally can consume us from the inside out. This part of the sermon he is talking about, this is how we are supposed to be in loving community with one another. This is about what we do. One another. This is about how we act. And then the action that comes first in this passage, I want to switch it. In those days when I'm feeling bluesy or maybe I'm caught up in my own self pity, I want the text to say this Let others do unto me what I will do unto them. Later, in the future. So sure, I'm gonna let someone in front of me in that long line of 360 traffic, as long as someone has just let me in. There's this woman that I see on one of the campuses around here, and y'all, I have met her several times. But every time since I have met her, I look at her, I smile, and it's like I'm not there. And so I've got this new thing where when I see her, I say I'm only gonna say hello If she says hello first. (laughs) Y'all know what I mean? I think Jesus looks at us and says, nope, we're not going to do that. That's not how we do this relationship thing. We are going to do our relationships, the way we treat our spouses, the way we treat our friends, the way we treat our parents and our children and our enemies. We are going to do it so radically different." than the rest of the world. We are going to just be like ridiculously thoughtful. Ridiculously thoughtful. We are going to seek others. We're going to seek out ways to serve others. Not that they'll serve us back, but just to do. We are going to recklessly love people even if they are never able to love us back. That's what Jesus is calling us to. It is a high standard. He's calling us to live a way of life that you don't love just because it feels right. You love because it is right. And you know, we have influencers, key influencers in this country who have a motto that's do what feels right. I just don't think that Jesus thinks it should be based on an emotion of feeling in that moment. Imagine if we reframed the teachings of Jesus with that as the lens, do what feels right. So Jesus is in a boat, and he gets on the boat, and he tells his disciples, I need to be pushed away from the crowds. There's too many people following me, and I need a little bit of private time. Well, Jesus gets in the boat. He goes to the other side of the lake. Guess what's on the other side of the lake? Another crowd. Imagine if Jesus pulls up to the end, and then he sees this crowd, and then he goes, whoops, y'all, I am tapped out for the day. That's really all I can do. I'm going to head back out to the middle of the sea, And just have, you know, a good nap. Nope. Jesus pulls up, begins to teach. Imagine that Jesus is, he's having dinner with Matthew and his other tax collector friends. And the Pharisees come in and they see him eating with all the sinners. And then Jesus looks at them and says, hey, listen, guys, you weren't invited to this party. You need to go ahead and go. But see, that's not how Jesus operated. That's not the lens that we are being called to look at the world through. Because all of those, they would have been justifiable. If I had read that about about Jesus, I would have been like, yeah, I can see why. I mean, they were treating you bad. But Jesus is like, it's not, we don't treat others the way they treat us. We do not act the way others do. I know most of our Bibles, they put the golden rule into a section. And if, if you brought your Bible with you, it'll literally say like, the golden rule or the highest principle. And then it has it just that one verse. But I, I really think that the two verses that come after it, two or three, I really think that they're kind of like the subtitle to this section. They're like the postscript. And Jesus is like, P.S., I'm going to tell you about this, this golden rule. I'm going to tell you about this very important principle. But listen, I want to go ahead and tell you that the road that is narrow that follows this principle It's hard. Listen to what he says. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is easy. If there is a single thing that I would name that is the biggest struggle in our country right now, it's the attitude of convenience. We want everything to be so convenient and easy. There are many who take that road, for the gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life and there are few who find it following jesus does not make an easier life in terms of what we think easy means it's like jesus is saying friends i know this thing i just told you do unto others i know that it's a tough one i know the standard is high the narrow and road the narrow road is hard i know that it's going to be tougher than the wide road, the road that most of the people around us are going to choose to take. And you know what? At times we take. At times we're there too. But the narrow road is the one that leads to life. The wide road is easier, but then Jesus says it leads to destruction and the, and the word that he uses for destruction. It, it's the same word that's used later. It's the root of the same word that's used later in the gospel of Matthew when he's talking about what happens when you put fresh wine into old leather wineskins. Y'all remember what happens to them? They burst. The leather is not sustainable in that moment. He's saying the the wide road, the road that seems easier, it's not sustainable. It's going to burst. Workaholism, the wide road of workaholism that promises promotion and power and prestige, it cannot secure a flourishing life. The wide road of physical perfection that promises attention and admiration and awards. It cannot give life. The wide road of pleasure seeking, which our culture wants us to seek pleasure of the flesh. And it promises fulfillment. It promises that you will find friendship there. It promises that you will feel so very good. Y'all, it's, it's literally not sustainable. It leads to destruction. But the narrow road, the more difficult road, that road, it leads to Zoe. It leads to life, life abundant. Life, yes, in, after we die, it is, we are assured of eternal life with God. But you know what, y'all? While we live, we have life with God now, an abundant life with God now. And that's what Jesus wants us to do. Jesus wants us to live life today, to see in everything, in each encounter, each relationship, all of those are opportunities to practice this reckless love, this love that says, I'm gonna do unto others as I would have them do unto me even when they're not gonna be able to. To feel alive with this possibility of what love really can do. And oh, that narrow road, it is harder But God gave us this gift. On that narrow road are so many people that love Jesus. Lining it. You are not alone. We can do this together. This past week, one of our church members, Baby, had to go emergency to um, Dell. And it wasn't convenient time of day. They had to do it in the afternoon. And they had two other children they had to deal with. And they they knew exactly what to do. They called up their friends, their community at the Westlake Hills Presbyterian Church and their friends scooped up those other two children and took care of them. You know, it's not like adding more children to life with children is convenient. They had to adjust their schedule. There were things in their day that had to be worked around. There was lots of extra communication that had to take place. The baby is home now and fine. But in this instance, the narrow road, it it required a little bit more work. Let's admit it. It's going to require a little bit more work, certainly a lot more thought. But it is lined with people who love Jesus so much that they can't help but generously do unto others as they would have them do unto them. This, friends, this road, that's the happy life. That's the blessed life. May that life be true to me and to all of us gathered here. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you that you have given us community. Praise be to you that we have community here. And God, my prayer right now is if anybody in this space doesn't feel like they have that, that you would provide a way for them to find that this very week, whether it be through reaching out to one of the pastor's, or through someone in this room noticing. God, help us to go from here with radical, radical love. In Christ's name, amen.